great to be with you all here in God's house. There we go. To worship uh, as Christian brothers and sisters. Uh, to worship Him, but most, most especially, most importantly, to receive from Him, to be served by our God through His Word uh, and through His sacrament today. Please stand and greet each other this morning in the name of the Lord. Uh, members of our church, as always, if you see people that you don't recognize, please go say hi and welcome them. Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Christette, Missouri. I am Carol Clybaker. <clears throat> Hold on just a moment. Good morning again. <clears throat> Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Christette, Missouri. I am Carol Clybaker, your announcer for the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is lay minister Bruce Sletton. The organist today is Mrs. Susan Senator, and the acolytes are Michael Hessman and Danica Yellen. Today's order of service is at www.trinity1874.com, and the radio broadcast for today is sponsored by St. John's Lutheran Church, Stones Prairie, and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. All right, uh, and so why don't we begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for this Lord's Day. And Lord, we thank you that as we are gathered here today, that it is your gospel and your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness that has called us to be here. Lord, whatever um, issues or problems or stresses or concerns or anxieties that, that we have brought with us today, we pray that you would send to each of us an extra measure of your spirit who is the great helper and the great comforter uh, so that we might be able to worship you, Lord, with a clear mind and a clear heart, knowing that all, Lord, uh, has been forgiven and that you are fighting all of our battles for us. Uh, and so, Lord, we ask that as we worship you now that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. Better is one day in your courts, truly, than a thousand elsewhere. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father.
And so Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. Give ear to my prayer, O God. For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. But it is you, a man, my equal. We used to take sweet counsel together. But I called to God. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help. Save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
with you. Let us pray. Merciful Lord, cleanse and defend your church by the sacrifice of Christ. United with him in holy baptism, give us grace to receive with thanksgiving the fruits of his redeeming work and daily follow in his way. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our Old Testament lesson for this morning comes from Jeremiah chapter 23, beginning at the 16th verse. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold, the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies, and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart? who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? This is the word of the Lord. Fear the Lord, you his saints. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. We have the children come forward for the children's message, please, and the mighty mites. everybody today. 
Are you tired? Are you ready for school? Raise your hand. I got two hands up down there. Raise your hand if you've already started school. Raise your hand if you're getting ready to start this week. Awesome job. Um, I'm not starting this week. That's what happens when you retire. You don't start anymore. But I have been thinking a lot about all you kids that are starting this week. So I have a little something here I want to read to you. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in all wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Now, why would I want to read that to you on this first week of your school? Maybe second week for some of you. Anybody have any ideas? Have you ever heard that love is not just a feeling, but love is an action? Have you ever heard that? How love is an action? What could you do this week on your first or second week of school to show love to somebody at your school? It could be a friend. It could be somebody you don't know. It could be your teacher. Anybody have any ideas of what you could do to show some love at school? can make friends with new people at school. Excellent. If somebody falls down, you can help them get up. Oh, that's an excellent one, too. Anybody else? Cohen? No? Anybody else? No? Okay. Well, let me tell you, um, when my kids first came to this school, they were in second grade and fourth grade. And do you know what happened their first day of school? Exactly what Grace said. When they came home that first day of school, they had tons of new friends. Friends who, kids they didn't know at all, and by the end of the first day. And do you know why they had all those new friends by the end of the first day? Anybody got an idea? Because they showed love. Exactly right. They showed love to my kids. They be nice. That's right. They were nice to them. They showed them where the lockers were, where the lunchroom was. Is that something you could do for somebody new at school? Correct. Yes, you can. What about if you're the new person at your school? What can you do to show love? He's going to make me walk today. Ask them to be friends with you. Oh, he is so good. Look at that. Ask them to be friends with you. If you're the new one at school and you don't know anybody, you can say to them, can you show me you know, where the bathroom is? Can you show me where the lunchroom is? Can you sit with me and be my friend? So either way, even if you're the new one, you can make friends. And if you're the one that's been there a long time, you can make friends, right? At our school, we learn all about love and we learn about Jesus. What did God do for us that showed us the ultimate love? He died on the cross to forgive our sins. He sent Jesus to die on that cross to forgive our sins. Thank you, Kenan. It's exactly what he did. So we need to then show that love to other people too. Now, we're not going to go die on the cross for anybody's sins. We can't do that. That's not our job. Jesus already did that job. But we can make friends with people. We can show them love. And maybe you have lots of best friends already, but there might be somebody in your class that you haven't. 
done that much with. You're not enemies, but you haven't been that good of friends. Maybe you need to reach out and say, hey, come play with us. Let's go do this together and be a good friend and show the love every single day at school. Now, what about for your teachers? How can you show love for your teachers? Help clean up the classroom. Oh, help clean up the classroom. Be good. (laughs) Be good. (laughs) Listen to your teachers. Do what they've asked you to do and listen so that you can learn the things that they are teaching you. And I know that they're teaching you all about God and Jesus in the classroom. So you need to be listening during that time. But also when they're teaching reading and math and everything else that you need to learn. Try to listen and learn what they're wanting you to learn, right? And as he said, be good. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, be with us. As we start school, help us to love each other and to be kind and help us to love our family as you have loved us. Help us to show action in love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. The epistle reading comes from Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at the first verse. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said, I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. This is the gospel of our Lord.
verses 1, 2, and 3. Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. Page number 655. pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning is actually from all three of the lessons that we just read, uh, from the Old Testament from Jeremiah the epistle from Hebrews, and then the gospel from Luke. So you want to have that in front of you. We're going to be referring to it here as we go along this morning. And the first thing that I want to read, actually, to kick us off is from Psalm number 1. It is Psalm 1, verses 1 through 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. I have not met anyone in my life who enjoys being told what to do. I have never met anybody, especially myself, who likes being told what to do. Even worse, I have never met anybody who likes being called out in their sin, especially myself. I have never met anybody who enjoys being told that what they have just done is wrong. I have never met anybody who likes, who has enjoyed being told that the way in which they are living their life is wrong. And I have never met anybody who enjoys being told that they are wrong. And the reason why we don't like being told that what we are doing is wrong or the way that we are living is wrong or what we have just done is wrong is simply because, well, we do not like to be broken in that way. Because the law, 
The law of God, the law that was just spoken about in Psalm 1, the law has a singular purpose. And the law's purpose is to break us. Is to show us how in desperate need of a Savior that we are. And of course, none of us really want to hear that. We talked this morning about, about how I know, I know the key to make our church grow to over 500 people. I could just get up here every Sunday and tell you that everything is fine and that, the, and that, and that your sin doesn't matter. I could do that. And I guarantee you that this entire church would be full probably within about a month's time, especially because we have the podcast and it would word would just get out. But as we're going to find out in just a few moments, especially from the prophet Jeremiah, that's not what my job is. Nor is that what your job is as people who believe in the name of Jesus and what his name stands for. Because what his name stands for is that sin is what has separated us from God. And sin needs to be put to death. And it needed to be put to death. And so it has. But as we've talked about in this space many times before, in order for there to be Easter Sunday, there has to be Good Friday. In order for there to be resurrection, new life, being brought back to life again and again and again, death must happen first. So let's look at this from the prophet Jeremiah. I'm going to read verses 16 through 17 of that text. Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows in his own heart, they say no disaster shall come Upon you. What was happening at the time of this writing is that the prophets that God had sent for his people to listen to were not speaking his word. Specifically, in this text, they were not speaking his law. They were not telling the people that the way in which they were living was not in accordance with God's law, with the way, with the standard by which God had called them to be. And so, as any prophet does, as any pastor does, as any priest does, as any, as any Christian does who wants to be liked and doesn't want to be hated, they told them what they wanted to hear. So that they would not have to be the ones who were the agents of wrath, so that they would not have to be the ones who were not liked, so that they would not have to be the ones who would have the whispers being spoken about them. No. What did they say? They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. It doesn't matter how you're living because everything is going to be fine. And it doesn't matter that you have chosen this way of life over the way in which you know that God has called you to be because everything is going to be fine in the end. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say no disaster shall come upon you. 
They just sort of take whatever it is that is wrong and they just sweep it underneath the rug and just so that they can be liked. And so that they do not have to be, so that they do not have to suffer the scorn that comes with telling people that the way in which they are living is wrong, that their sin is wrong, and they should not be okay with their sin. And we keep going on with with this same thing. So now go to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 12 in your bulletins. The text actually begins in chapter 11, but it continues in the first three verses of verse 12, and I'm going to read those verses here. A little bit of, of context as to what has just been written. This chapter that is previous to this is the great heroes of the faith chapter in which the writer talks about all, all of these heroes of the faith, Abel and Abraham and Moses and Enoch and Isaac and Jacob and all of these heroes of the faith. And then beginning with verse 12, I'm sorry, beginning with chapter 12, the writer gives the ultimate hero of our faith. And he says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Another translation has, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. So in your efforts to delight in the law of the Lord, and when times and seasons get difficult in which you are trying to do that, remember him who suffered first. Remember Jesus. Remember the author and perfecter of your faith, who was sent by God to do the job that the prophets couldn't do and didn't do, who was sent by God to do the job that the kings before him didn't do and could not do as well. But he was sent by God in order to turn people back to him. And the only way in which to do that is to show them and to tell them how much they were in need and are in need of a Savior. And when he did that, we know that the cross excluded just for now because that was the ultimate suffering. But even before that, we know that there were many times and instances in which he suffered for the sake of the gospel in which he suffered for the sake of trying to take God's people who were a lost and a scattered people and trying to bring them in back into the sheepfold of their Heavenly Father. Remember that at one point he goes to his hometown and he is speaking the words of the law to them and convicting them of their sin. And what do they do? They drive him to the edge of a cliff in order to throw him down. And the Bible says that it wasn't, it wasn't his time yet, of course, to die. And so Jesus just kind of walks right through them and continues on his way and continues on to his ministry. Remember, too, that if there was anybody at this time that you did not want to receive scorn from, it was the religious leaders of the day. And yet that's all that they gave to Jesus was just scorn and hate 
and malicious words and trying to, to, to get him to say something for which they could find reason to accuse him. It is not easy to delight in the law of God. It is not easy to find life in the law of God. Because when you do, and we're going to talk about this in just a moment with the gospel from you, when you do, there will be division. It's going to happen. Just count on it happening. And when you do, especially if you are the person who is delivering that message, just be ready that probably immediately they're not going to like you and they're probably not going to like what you have to say. Now, an important note to remember here, and we've talked about this in this space before too, but remember that when you're speaking the truth, to speak it in love. Somebody asked in the adult Bible class this morning when we were talking about this text, and they asked, well, well how do you know when what you're saying is, is, is what, what you should be saying? And the answer really is to check your motives before you say it. Are you confronting somebody in their sin because you just want to give them a piece of your mind? Or are you confronting somebody in their sin because you care deeply about them and for their soul? And once you have determined what your intentions are, then proceed. Because if you are just doing it to give them a piece of your mind, you will probably not speak the truth in love you will probably end up actually doing that. You'll probably end up just breaking the Eighth Commandment again and again and again and again. But if you have resolved yourself to speak the truth in love because you care so much for this person and for their soul, proceed. And proceed knowing that you will probably be hated immediately for it. Proceed knowing that they will probably yell at you. Proceed knowing that they will probably not want to listen to you right away. Proceed knowing that they may never, after that, want to talk to you again. But the law of God and his word causes division. This is what happens. This is the inevitable, con- this is the inevitable conclusion. So let's look at that. So let's look at Luke then. The gospel. Luke 12, starting at verse 49, Jesus said, I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on in one house there will be five divided against three, and two against three. They will be divided father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. This is not the Jesus that we thought that we knew, is it? Because the Jesus that we like to envision is the one who goes around healing people and restoring people and bringing people back from the dead and forgiving their their sins and gently restoring people. This is not the Jesus that we think of. And yet, in verse 51, do 
Do you think that I have come to bring peace on earth? Well, yeah, that's what the angel said at Christmas time. That's exactly what I think. No, I tell you, but rather division. And so when you are confronting people in their sin, they will either do one of two things. They will either listen to you or they will not want to hear another word that you have to say. And here's what's really difficult about this, and this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. This oftentimes happens with the people that we are closest to. If you look back in your bulletin, um, Dorothy, can I, can I borrow that real quick? Um, if you go back in your bulletin to the intro, it, there's a really great verse there. For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolent with, insolently with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together. Within God's house, we walked. These will be people more than likely that you are closest to. Your family, your friends. And yet God has still called us to be people who delight in his law even though it causes divisions, even though it will cause people to be angry with you. Let's flip the perspective here. Even though you might be the one who is being confronted, and you're not going to like what they have to say. And yet, you and I are called to be people who delight in God's law, even though it might cause division. And we don't want to hear it, and we don't want to speak it. Three reasons, and there are probably more, but I came up with three reasons for why we don't want to hear it and for why we don't want to speak it. We don't like knowing, number one, we don't like knowing that we have fallen short because we would just assume sweep everything under the rug and just be done with it. Yes, I know I'm a sinner. Yes, I know I'm messed up, but just give me some grace. Give me some mercy. But the law says that you must be this. The law's standard has not left. And the law says that if you want to get into heaven, you must be this. We don't like knowing that we have fallen short because we would rather just sweep it under the rug, just like the prophets in our text from Jeremiah were doing. The second reason. The second reason is because it is just so much easier to simply coexist, isn't it? It is so much easier just to to simply get along with. It is so much easier just to, in our minds, do a mental sweeping under the rug of their sin. Of our sin. And yet, Jesus' words again speak to us. For I have come not to bring peace on earth. I have come not so that you can coexist, people. I have come to bring division. He says elsewhere to separate the sheep from the goats. Again, it is not okay to be a jerk. All right? So when you go back to your place of work, when you go back to your families, 
In your efforts to not coexist, don't forget to speak the truth in love, okay? I do not want people coming to me next week and be like, well, my pastor told me that I could call you a jerk because you're a sinner. I don't want that, okay? But remember that you are called to delight in the law of God. The third thing, the third thing, the reason why, the third reason for why we don't want to hear it and, for the, and we don't want to speak it is because then our happiness is compromised. Because if you are the person who is being confronted and the way that you have chosen it to live currently makes you very, very happy, you don't have any more stress, you don't have any more anxieties, and you are currently much happier than you were before, if that way in which you are currently living now is a way of sin, trust me, you're not going to like how that ends. Trust me. We don't like hearing it and we don't like speaking it because we simply do not want our own happiness to be compromised, even when there are times in which you and I both know that our happiness comes at the sacrifice of others. And is that, is that service? No. Is that Christian love? Certainly not, because the example of Christ was entirely that of a servant. And so when your happiness, if you are living a life of sin, outright sin, now I'm not talking about um, the, the, the sins that we know are, are, are wrong and we, and we repent of them every single day. I'm talking about you have chosen to live your life in a particular way and to hell with what the Bible says. If you have chosen to live that life, you will not like how that ends. Trust me, you won't. You're, you, might be, you might think that you're happy now, but how much has your happiness come at the sacrifice of everybody else who loves you and that you are connected to in some way, whether it be by friends or by family? We don't want to hear it and we don't want to speak about it because then our happiness is compromised. And let's, again, let's sort of flip the perspective. What if we are the ones who are doing the confronting? Because not just I have been called to do that. Each of you have been called to do that as well. And so just like with the prophets, we think that if we confront people in their sin, and the, the oh, this drives me nuts, the, um, the fallback position that you and I always take is, well, I'm not called to judge other people, so I'm not going to do it. That is not what that verse means. You have been called to delight in the law of God. And you have been called to call other people out in their sin. Again, speaking the truth in love. But this is what you have been called to do. Because Scripture, again, is very, very clear. And that is, is that if you are not being the one who is being the confronter and you know that you should and it is your place to do it, you're just as guilty as the one who is sinning. so hard. It's so hard. It's so difficult as sinful people to really find delight in God's law because it makes us in so many ways so uncomfortable. 
and icky, and it causes divisions. But, again, God isn't content with letting us off the hook, nor should he be, and thank him that he is not content with letting us off the hook. We are called to be people who, as Psalm 1 said, says, who Psalm 1 says, delight in the law of God. And the reason why we need to be people that delight in the law of God is so that we may die. And the only way to be brought back to life again and again and again is to die daily to our sin. And so when you became a baptized child of the Heavenly Father, according to Romans 6, you literally died with Christ. Your old self died with Christ. And because you are united with him in his death, you are certainly also united with him in his resurrection. And so... The reason why we can delight in God's law is because we know that the law kills us. And because we know that the law kills us, we know that his gospel makes us alive. The good news, the good news that Jesus has taken all of our sin, every single one that you and I have ever committed, and he put it upon himself. And I love how the new catechism puts this. He put death to death. He put sin to death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, you too may live a new life. There's this great hymn that we sing. It's called, In the Cross of Christ I Glory. And it really makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because in the cross, we find the crux of everything that we are talking about here today. We are finding the ugliness that sin brings and the wretchedness and the ickiness that sin brings and that sin is and that it brings into our lives. And yet in the cross, we find his blood being shed, being poured out. And the words from that cross, it is finished. What marvelous words. What wonderful words of comfort. In the cross of Christ, I glory because it is there that I find life. Because of my Savior. I want to read to you, to close, from Revelation 21, verse 5. We'll start at verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throat saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And that is really hard for us to comprehend. It's really hard for us to understand just how God can do that, but my friends, he does. This is, this is I, I, all of my sermons usually end up for why we baptize babies. I don't know why that is, but this is why we baptize babies. Because they die too. And because they have sin 
too. And because they need what baptism gives, being united with their Heavenly Father, being united with their Savior, so that every single day they die to sin. And they rise to newness of life in Jesus. If you've ever seen the movie The Passion of the Christ, um, Gibson kind of uh, didn't put the, he put those words from Revelation in a different spot, but it's actually a very, very poignant spot. So if you remember the scene in which Jesus is dying on the cross and he looks down at his mother and he says, see, mother, as he's hanging there, see, mother, I make all things new. And so thanks be to God in the midst of sin, in the midst of the sin that that we do not want to deal with, whether we are the people being confronted with it, whether we are the people who are being the confronters, in the midst of that, yet God still forgives. And God still gives new life. And so we, we go back to the psalm that we began with. For I delight in the law of God. Because the law of God has shown me how much I need a Savior. And the gospel of God, the good news about Jesus, has shown me and continues to show you and I every single day that the Savior comes to us every day, rips us out of the sin that we find ourselves in and washes us off and makes us brand new every day. Consider him, Hebrews says, who endured hostility and suffering. Consider him who endured this, despising. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against him that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The law of God has come to cause, has come in order to cause division. But it is, it, but it is in his cross in which unity with Christ is found. Life, death, life, and salvation every day and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now say together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God.
Please be seated. At this time, we'll gather our tithes and offerings, and the pew that you are in is a red signing book. Uh, Whether you are a member or a guest with us, please fill that out uh, so that we know that you are here to worship with us today. If you are a guest with us, if you would be so kind as to uh, give us a way for which we might reach you, whether by uh, a number or an address, just so that we can thank you uh, for coming to be with us here at Trinity this morning. We collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. The radio broadcast is made possible by donations to the radio broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. And that number is 417-235-7300. The Men's Glee Club will begin rehearsals for the coming choir season starting September 11th at 6.30. They will meet every second and fourth Wednesday of the month. The Trinity Ringers will begin rehearsals for the coming bell session starting September 4th at 5.30. They will meet every Wednesday of the month. The second annual Freistadt Community Picnic is on August 22nd, this Thursday starting at 6 p.m. There will be food, games, raffle for a grill, and a bake sale. If you would like to help contribute to the bake sale, you can drop off your goodies between 4 and 6 on the 22nd. Men's Bible Study meets each Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. in the Narthex. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is an open mind for the future, and the guest speaker is the Reverend Dr. Dale A. Meyer. He is talking about August Archives, closing our minds to spiritual fads and embracing the words of Jesus opens up a great future for all who believe. And now we return to church to prepare ourselves for communion. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As this morning signals a new day in our lives, 
Your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week to embrace the words of your law to guide our lives, as well as the words of the gospel, which gives us hope and assurance. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Oren, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Wayne, Bob Dodson, Mark, Warren, Gary, Bob Curtit, Emma, Brenda, Rosemarie, Bob Yelinek, John, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Jen, Catherine, Deborah, Joe, Phil, Louise, Ruth, Loetta, Glennon, Dennis Stellwagen, Dennis Nost, Nellie Stellwagen, and Sandy Voskamp, who is in hospice care. All of these on our health list, Lord, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult days as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state and in our local communities, as well as the leaders of our own Lutheran Synod. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. Lift up to you in prayer Christopher Smith, who is serving in the Navy, Luke Shays, who is serving in the Marines, and David Hesseman, who is deployed overseas, as well as their families who pray and wait for their safe return. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your heavenly angel to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all those who mourn the loss of a loved one. We lift up the family and friends of Oren Fritz, as well as the family and friends of Lowell Pugh, who have moved on to their heavenly home to be with Jesus. Gracious Father, it is at these times that we need to give, you, give them, the family and friends, an extra measure of your grace and love. Comfort them with the assurance that all believers will one day be with you and all the saints as we spend eternity in heaven, where there is no more pain, loneliness, or despair. Lord, in your mercy. We lift up in prayer our children who are beginning a new school year. We also lift up our youth who travel away to college. For some, it will be their first year, while others return to continue their studies. Jesus, these young people love you so very much. Be with them now as they refocus their attention to studies, sports, making new friends, rekindling relationships with friends they haven't seen in a while. Guide their footsteps. Keep them safe. Give them encouragement and give them an extra measure of your grace and love. Lord, in your mercy. 
We pray for our teachers. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you sent your Son Jesus to this sinful world to save us from our sinfulness. You lived a perfect life for us and gave us the perfect example of a master teacher. Thank you for the gift of faithful teachers who explained the word to the children entrusted to their care, leading them to knowledge of your truth. You have called them to serve you in your kingdom, and you alone empower them with all the gifts they need in their blessed vocation. Continue to bless them mightily. Give them patience in dealing with the challenges of their classrooms. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, I lift up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word, spend time in daily prayer, strengthen our hearts for mission, and finally, nurture the love we have for you and each other. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Pray the prayer together that our Lord gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize... Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. today is Come Thou Almighty King, found in the Lutheran Service Book on page 905. Again, page 905, Come Thou Almighty King. The second hymn will be Lutheran Book for uh, 920, Fourth in Peace of Christ We Go. Again, Fourth in Peace of Christ We Go, page 920. So once again, the first communion hymn is 905, And the second communion hymn is 920.
The third hymn for today will be The Gospel Shows the Father's Grace, found on page 580 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, The Gospel Shows the Father's Grace, page 580.
And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith unto life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. The closing hymn is Rejoice, O Pilgrim Throng, page 813, verses 5, 6, and 7. announcements before we close with worship today. Uh, first of all, there is always a short prayer session in our chapel right after each service for anyone who would like to join. Uh, you may submit your prayer request for this uh, prior to the service if you'd like uh, by contacting either Philip or Debbie Trochi, or there will be a jar outside of the chapel uh, where you can leave your prayer request at any time. Uh, the call for nominations can be found in your mailboxes for the upcoming 2020 elections. Extra copies can be found on the Narthex as well. Please have these returned to the church office or someone on the nominating committee today or throughout the week. 
There is also a basket in the narthex where they can be returned. Uh, the second annual Freistadt Community Picnic is on August the 22nd, this, this Thursday, starting at 6 p.m. There will be food, games, raffle uh, for a grill and a bake sale. If you would like to help contribute to the bake sale, you can drop off your goodies between 4 and 6 p.m. on the 22nd. Uh, for those of you who are using the audio headsets, if at any time you have a problem with the headset, please give it to Drew Meyer or the person working the sound system after the church service so that we can take a look at that. And then this afternoon there will be uh, a visitation and funeral service uh, here at Trinity Lutheran Church for Oren Fritz. The visitation begins at 1.30 and the funeral will start at 3 p.m. There will also be a light reception in the fellowship hall uh, following the service as well. Please keep the Oren Fritz family uh, and their friends uh, in your prayers during this time. That's all the announcements that we have. I pray that you all have a very... Oh, that's right. Men's, men's Glee. Sorry, I almost, I almost forgot. Uh, men's Glee. Uh, they will be singing in the service this afternoon. So they want to practice today at 1.30. So Men's Glee practice today at 1.30 for the song that they will be singing this afternoon. Thank you for reminding me of that. I pray that you all have a very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May his love surround you and his mercy be evident to you in all things. Have a blessed week. Your announcer has been Carol Kleibaker.